Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to be with you. We had no Monday show. We'll be here the rest of the week at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. A lot to get to. Uh, Boy, we've got the feel of fall weather. Uh, We're moving along in college and high school football and really getting to be just days away from Hoosier hysteria, which basically starts the beginning of college basketball. I know there's still some time between the Hoosier hysteria event and the first game or the first exhibition for IU, but once we get to October, especially mid-October, we just about have it made from a basketball perspective. So a lot of fun coming up. And boy, this Indiana basketball team, uh, it seems like every time I read the paper, open up a college basketball website, uh, there is some new projection of this Indiana team predicted to win the Big Ten or to uh, ranked as a top 10 team, a top 15 team in college basketball for the upcoming season. So a lot of fun ahead. I know IU fans, I sense as I'm out and about uh, and hear from on this show the interest is really at an at an all-time high for many many years uh, with what this team could do and the uh, expectations on their shoulders last week I thought it was really interesting to hear from coach Woodson and so many of the players in Bloomington with media day that really to me marks the start of the season and lets you know who's your hysteria and everything is coming down the pipe but it was just different this year hearing so many questions about this team and the expectations and obviously a different pressure on this team uh, given where they are expected to compete in the Big Ten. And so uh, obviously very interesting stuff. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, Segment one here in just a moment, we'll have some news and headlines of the day. More on Logan Duncombe. We'll get into IU football. Uh, They are the underdog as they head uh, to play Nebraska this week in football. Also a look at high school football from the area as well. Since we didn't have a Monday show, I really didn't get to do my normal Monday recap, but Providence and Holy Cross in Louisville, uh, from what I understand, was one of the most thrilling high school football games in a long time. Uh, basically a Hail Mary uh, catch to end the ball game, and so we'll t- talk about that as the Pioneers lose a big one after a terrific start to the season. And Floyd Central, I thought, they got a really big win over Columbus East this weekend, and we'll see how the Highlanders respond from here. And later this week, New Albany and Jeff, a big football 
rivalry game coming up for both of those teams, and uh, both teams could desperately use a little momentum boost to win a big game against a rival, and so I think that should be a pretty good game, even though neither team is having the season. I think they hoped uh, the New Albany-Jeff game, I think, will be a somewhat evenly matched game, and there should be a lot of interest in it coming up on Friday. Later in the hour, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join with Mike. There's a lot of IU basketball to talk about. We're still recapping all of the headlines from Media Day last Thursday. We'll get into some things with the roster for the upcoming season. And, of course, we'll recap, uh, since we did not have a Monday show, the IU-Cincinnati game and a big loss for Indiana-Cincinnati, the best team this Indiana team has faced at this point of the season. I think that's obvious. But now a Big Ten challenge on the road against Nebraska a program that is having its own struggles in many regards with its head coach gone and there have been some departures of other assistants since then. Uh, I think an opportunity here for Indiana and really a necessity for them to get a win if there's any chance left at bowl eligibility. So we'll start to look at the Nebraska game with Mike Schumann a little bit later in the show today. And that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. A reminder, the Thornton's text line is open, and I know this will pick up as we get closer and closer to the start of the basketball season, but the Thornton's text line is your way to contribute to the show, to sound off on the show. Uh, if you got a question you want me to ask to one of our great IU-oriented guests, it's how you can communicate with me. Uh, 502 414-1450 is that number. Again, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And again, love to hear from you, 502-414-1450. Let's get into some headlines for today here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Program. Another day and another good prediction for IU basketball. The Almanac, which is a new digital preseason college basketball publication, uh, picked Indiana to win the Big Ten Conference. So uh, Jeff Goodman of Stadium uh, involved in that publication. He's a college basketball analyst on a national scale. We talk about Jeff a lot, what he has to say a lot on this program. And he obviously thinks very highly of the Hoosiers. He named uh, in his publication publication in this uh, almanac publication uh, trace jackson davis selected as the preseason big 10 player of the year and preseason first team all big 10 and the almanac has indiana at number 20 nationally in the preseason top 25 which i think anywhere between 15 and 25 15 and 20 specifically would be if i had a vote in a publication or in the ap poll that's where i would put this indiana team but on the flip side indiana number six in lindy's number seven that recently came out from andy katz of espn and number 12 in the Blue Ribbon yearbook. So the Hoosiers are getting uh, definitely some uh, big uh, selections here and some big big mentions in the preseason. I, I did find it interesting, the Almanac, and, and I follow Goodman and what he has to say about the Big Ten closely. The projected order of the finish in the Big Ten, as Goodman has it, is Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, 
would be third, Ohio State fourth, Iowa fifth, Michigan State sixth, Purdue seventh, Rutgers, Penn State, Wisconsin, Maryland, Minnesota, and Nebraska the rest of the way. He had Jackson Davis, Chris Murray of Iowa, Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, and Jalen Pickett as first-team selections. Chucky Hepburn, Jamison Battle, Terrence Shannon Jr., Tyler Wall, and Clifford, I'm not even sure how to say Clifford's last name, Omaru, uh, as his second-team selections. And he also had Jackson Davis overall as a second-team All-American selection, along with Dickinson uh, in the publication. So they also project starting lineups, which I think is something that we'll talk about today with Mike Schumann when he joins us later in the show. But this is interesting because I I think you could go multiple different ways. But Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, Miller Kopp, Xavier Johnson, and Jalen Hood-Shafino, uh, the projected starting lineup for this Indiana team. And I think that's probably the safe bet if I had to project a lineup for uh, the Hoosiers. I think you can't go wrong with that lineup. I know some people, uh, based on feedback, especially last season, would uh, would argue the Miller Cop uh, slot a little bit possibly. But I do think that's a, a safe bet for maybe what you could expect when games get underway coming up a little bit later as well. I mentioned Indiana uh, also number seven uh, in in Andy Katz preseason power 36 poll. So another big mention there. Just if you're curious, North Carolina one, Gonzaga two, Kentucky three, UCLA, a future Big Ten conference member four, and Kansas five. Houston with Kelvin Sampson just ahead of the Hoosiers in the number six spot as well. Duke eight, or excuse me, Duke is number nine. So when's the last time you saw anybody, any preseason poll, have the Hoosiers ahead of the Blue Devils? Devils. Uh, just interesting to see that kind of stuff. So another note. And IU football will preview the Nebraska game as the week unfolds, but Indiana will go to Lincoln this weekend for a week five game against the Cornhuskers who are without their head coach, obviously an acting head coach in place. And I saw yesterday uh, Nebraska at home a five-and-a-half-point favorite, according to the uh, uh, most of the Vegas folks. So a five-and-a-half-point underdog are the Hoosiers as they look ahead to this game against Nebraska. And again, bowl eligibility-wise, uh, most definitely Indiana needs a victory here if they're going to have a chance uh, to play at a bowl game this year. I think, like most of you, I probably do not see that happening at this point. The rest of the way, it's all Big Ten for the Hoosiers and uh, some tough matchups ahead. But Nebraska uh, is a game Indiana has to win. Uh, Nebraska, Indiana 3-1. and one. Nebraska would be the fourth win of the season. Then you've got Michigan, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State. Ohio State, Michigan State, Purdue, a really tough stretch to close the season specifically. So uh, if there's a chance for this Indiana team, it's hard to see uh, a bowl-eligible Hoosiers team this year without a uh, win over Nebraska this weekend. High school football, a lot of action over the weekend. I mentioned the Providence loss at the start of the show. The Pioneers and Coach McDonald have had just a really terrific start. It's been fun to see this Providence program come together this year. But at Holy Cross on Friday night, I was not there, but told by many it was one of the best high school football games they had witnessed in some time, although it 
did not go the Pioneers' way. Holy Cross, 5-1 uh, and one ball club now. They uh, knocked out Providence 23-21 in that contest. Charlestown's been the other big story of the season, and they bounced back from a 35-28 loss to Providence the week before with a crushing 52-13 win uh, over Charlestown. And going back to Providence for just a moment, I tell you a game to circle on your calendar if you're just a fan of Southern Indiana High School football. Uh, the October 14th game, Providence at North Harrison. The Pioneers 5-1. North Harrison is 4-2. Their losses have come to a solid Charlestown and a solid Brownstown team this season. That should be a good game, and I think both teams will uh, continue to win until they get to that game. Uh, so it could be a one-loss Providence team against a two-loss North Harrison team, which would be a good tune-up both ways before those teams head into their respective sectionals. But that could be a really good game on the final week of the regular season uh, here in Southern Indiana football. Also, Clarksville over the weekend, they lost to a solid Perry Central team, 51-30. The Generals now 2-4 and four on the season. And one of the other highlights, I mentioned this earlier, one of the other highlights out of the weekend is Floyd Central. They uh, inched out a 14-12 win over Columbus East. And kind of quietly, Floyd Central, after an 0-2 start against really tough teams, Mail and Manual from Louisville, they bounced back with a win over Silver Creek, lost a tough one at Seymour, a game that Floyd Central probably should have won, could have won, then defeated Jeff as they should have last week, and then Columbus East most recently. So I think kind of quietly, Floyd Central may be putting it together in midseason form. They've got Bedford, North Lawrence, Jennings County, and then rival New Albany to close out the season. Could we see this Floyd Central team reel off three more wins and finish 6-3? and three? That would be a very respectable uh, finish to the season and record for the season by James Bragg at Floyd Central and maybe put Floyd Central in a position where they can uh, win a sectional. So that's a storyline to watch as well in addition to Charlestown and Providence. The Red Devils of Jeff, they got their first win over Silver Creek, 28-14. I would have predicted going into the weekend that that would be the best game and the most competitive game in the area because thinking back a year ago, the Silver Creek and Jeff game was fantastic back in 2021. What an overtime or double overtime game. But Jeff gets the win this year, 28-14 as they pull out for the win in the second half. Devils have their first win of the season, and now they are headed to a matchup with rival New Albany, this Friday night, both New Albany and Jeff, one win team so far this season. The Red Devils, one and four on the season. New Albany, one and five on the year. So Friday night is an even matchup. The New Albany-Jeff game at Blairfield in Jeffersonville. Uh, I would think a good crowd. We've got football weather now. It really, truly feels like football season here in the area. And uh, I think that even though those coaches are probably not pleased with where they're at, probably not not happy with some of the losses on their respective schedules. I, I think they're pretty even football teams. And by all accounts, that New Albany-Jeffersonville game could be a really good one uh, come uh, this Friday night here in the area. And uh, that's a look at high school football as we really head into the final few weeks of the season. It's crazy to talk about, but we've got September 30th coming up this
this Friday night, and then we've got two Friday nights of regular season play in October, and after that, it is uh, it's postseason football time. And I, I know that it's been a fun season. Providence has been great. Charlestown has been good. Floyd Central's coming on. The New Albany Jeff game is going to be fun to talk about and follow on Friday night. But there's just something about postseason football, no matter what the storylines are, no matter how good teams have been. It just adds an extra layer of excitement. So I am ready for postseason high school football, and I know that probably many of you listening are as well. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. And send a message. We'll uh, talk about the Hoosiers, the basketball, the football teams next with Mike Schumann. And uh, your question can start us off if you send me a text. We'll be back. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back with you here on this Tuesday program. Thornton's text line is open at number 502 502- 414-1450 again 502-414-1450 I want to read uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosiers with me as always on Tuesdays Mike's a great guest on this program Mike welcome in I, I want to read a text to you uh, this is just a copy of a tweet from Jeff Goodman uh, Jeff tweeted yesterday also marked five years to the day that the FBI arrested 10 people including four college basketball assistant coaches in a corruption scandal some of these schools still haven't received their punishments from the NCAA insane that's the end of Jeff Goodman's tweet uh Mike welcome in that is insane that it's been that long number one it's amazing how time flies and number two and just ridiculously that some of those schools have not received their penalties yet from the NCAA. What in the world does that mean for the NCAA and college basketball? Uh, hard to believe that it can take that long to pass down uh, a final result or determination from the governing body in college sports. Yeah, I think it means that the NCAA has allowed itself to become a joke, really. I mean, they, they are unable to do what I would consider to be pretty basic enforcement, you know, something that that they were pretty good at or at least pretty consistent with and pretty timely with uh, back in the day and really left a a strong impression that, you know, rules were not made to be broken when it came to violations of of things in the recruiting world and elsewhere. But, you know, it's just evolved into something that, that nobody really ever took serious over the last decade and beyond and it's just you know it's gotten to the point where nobody really takes it serious and now we're seeing where they can't even you know as as you said in that as Jeff alluded to can't even come to a decision over the span of five years I mean nothing new is going to surface at this point they've had all the information they were ever going to get years ago at this point and and just really have become feckless and and unable to, to reach any sort of meaningful conclusions. 
Yeah, the more that the, as time passes, and the more we find out, uh, I, I just I, I don't see with all the changes in college basketball and college sports here recently. Uh, I just it's hard for me to envision the NCAA still in charge, at least in its current form. I don't know, maybe even five years from now. Is that ridiculous to think that things are changing at that rapid of a play, of a pace in sports right now and that the NCAA could be different or not there in five to ten years? No, it's it's not ridiculous at all. And, in fact, those, those conversations are, are happening. I mean, uh, on the college football side, uh, in the FBS space, you know, the, ADs and administrators have been having those very conversations. You know, what what is the NCAA doing for us? Um, should we break off and have our own governing body because the NCAA is unwilling and unable to provide any direction or an enforcement or guidance of, of any meaningful impact? Um, it, it, it's really bizarre. You know, they, they, they sit here in my hometown. They've, they've got a beautiful headquarters, a ton of people, massive budgets. And, you know, <laughs> over time, you just wonder, what do these people actually do? Because nothing meaningful happens other than just kind of nonsensical uh, pie-in-the-sky guidance that, that has no real impact. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there, well, your point is spot on. There, there's a lot of people wondering, you know, can, can the NCAA continue to even be relevant or respected or, or does college athletics have to go another way? Because any, anytime you have, you know, just a, a lack of any sort of meaningful leadership, you know, something else pops up and fills that void. And, and that's the discussions that are they're going on. And it's, as you alluded to, it's an especially uh, dynamic time right now with everything going on with the transfer portal, with NIL, et cetera. If you don't have a you know a firm, strong, consistent voice at the top, uh, things things can spiral out of control pretty quickly. So it, it's it's a very interesting time for college sports, and it's being created in part because of a lack of leadership at the top. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us here on this Tuesday program. Uh, good chat to start. Let's get into IU basketball now. Um, another day, another good accolade or two for this IU basketball program. I mentioned this earlier today, but Andy Katz has IU number seven nationally in his preseason poll. And I thought of his top 36 that he published, uh, eight Big Ten teams in the top 36 as well. So really high mark for Indiana and really solid for the Big Ten as, Big Ten as well. Yeah, now, now Andy is you know, he works part-time at least for, for BTN. So <laughs> maybe he feels, <laughs> maybe he feels pressure to, to be a little bit pro big 10. Um, you know, he, he put not just Indiana as high as I've seen them. He put Rutgers as high as I've seen anyone put them. Um, I probably haven't seen eight teams in a, in a top 36 anywhere. Um, so, so it definitely felt like a, a little bit of a Big Ten uh, lean, if you will. He he also went to Wisconsin, so and he actually left them out of his top thirty-six. I think he was Wisconsin was a team that that he mentioned as kind of the kind of the next tier that that he's got his eye on. Um, so so interesting stuff. I would really be interested to go back over the last five years and see where Andy Katz has slotted in Indiana in his preseason prognostication versus where they ended up. So I, I have this sense that every year he's been more pro-Indiana than, than the kind of the general consensus, and I, I don't know what 
fuels that. Again, it could be a little bit of Big Ten bias on, on his part. Not not real sure, but um, you know, I think you got to when you see top ten, top seven for Indiana. I think you got to temper your enthusiasm a little bit. I don't think that's where the consensus is. I think it's more in the you know fifteenth, give or take, is probably where I expect it to come out when the first kind of national polls emerge here relatively soon. So I guess we'll see. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Um, you know, I did not have the feeling, just, just based on last season and some of the departures and, and incoming players, and it's so hard to keep up with because of recruiting in the transfer portal, but I did not have a feeling this would be a year of a deep Big Ten conference where there would be eight, nine, ten teams in the NCAA tournament and a number of teams ranked but uh, you know looking at Andy's poll and again I know we talked about maybe his Big Ten bias there and I think that's a very worthwhile point but could this Big Ten end up being a fairly uh, deep conference once again this year as far as talent and competitive teams from top to bottom yeah I I think there's no doubt that one through nine the the Big Ten is going to be you know deep it's going to be talented and probably most most relevant it's going to be very competitive you know as it always is with tough home court environments uh you know very well established programs uh established coaches there's not too many easy nights out i think there's a clear in my opinion bottom five that that you know will still give people tough nights here and there especially on their home court but it's one through nine that that i think is pretty clearly um gonna all compete and there's always this great equalizer in the big 10 which is the kind of the allocation of the the schedule you know who who gets the the single plays against those bottom five i think when that came out that was a clear advantage in my opinion for illinois who i i don't hold in as high of regard as others do looking at their you know the change in their roster compared to last year especially losing kofi but when you look at i think that they play if not all five of the teams I'm regarding as the bottom five twice, at least four of them twice. And it was clearly a, a more so than anybody else in the league. So I think they, they drew a really solid hand from a scheduling standpoint that will give them a leg up and probably give them a chance to compete right near the top. But, but otherwise I, I just think, you know, I, I agree with the general sentiment. If you, if you just look at the rosters and you look at depth, especially, Especially Indiana is the right choice at the top, but I, I don't think it's you know by a wide margin, and I do think scheduling will balance some things out there. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. You can read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com and at daily underscore Hoosier. A lot of the topics I bring up are all stories you can read for free at thedailyhoosier.com. One thing that you um, have written about recently and really is is reasonable news for this time of year, but uh, it, it appears Trey Galloway has returned to practice uh, with live action here this offseason as Indiana uh, is getting ready for the season now and has opened official practices uh, for the upcoming college basketball season. So, you know, we're unsure kind of exactly, I think, what his role will be this season, but he's shown that he can come in at times and add to things in a positive way for Indiana. So good to see that he's back uh, getting those reps in advance of the season. Yeah, he, he's a little bit of the, the forgotten man going into this season, in my opinion, because, you know, it wasn't just last year that he worked his way into the, the starting lineup. He did it his 
freshman year as well. I mean, I think he's just a guy that, that the coaching staff knows has a very high basketball IQ, is very tough-minded and, and very good defensively um, that they can rely on out on the court. Um, but, but the injury kind of took him off the radar a little bit. I, I think he's really the only IU guy of, of the 13 scholarship guys that, that had anything of any significance during the offseason to deal with. So, so that took him off the radar a little bit. And then there's just always the question of, you know, can Trey Galloway become a consistent shooter from beyond the three-point arc? Uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone ever thinks he's going to, you know, knock down 40, 45% from three, but just, just getting over that, you know, 30% mark even just to, so teams have to respect him uh, and, you know, close out on him. Because I, I think another thing he does that's very underrated is he's very good at driving the basketball. He has very good vision when he dr- does drive. And he, he's got a pretty good float, floater game and, and finishing game at the rim. Um, so, so there's so many aspects of his game that I really like and really think that he can add. But, you know, he does have a lot more competition this year. He's got Jalen Huchifino. The freshman out of Montford, who a lot of people think is going to end up starting from day one. You know, you got a second year, Tamar Bates, who was a five star recruit last year. And there's a lot of other guys in the mix for those two and three spots where, where Galloway is competing. So I think he's a bit of a, a great unknown, but I, I certainly wouldn't doubt that, that he's going to have a, a meaningful role on this team because he's just always proven that when he's healthy, he can carve that out. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier on IU Basketball. Mike, um, I want to get to IU Football here in a moment, but first I want to pause and go to the Thornton's text line. Uh, Texter writes in, getting back to our NCAA conversation, I know this doesn't have anything to do with Indiana, but they said, has too much time passed to enforce a penalty uh, such as Louisville? Getting back to our first point today, I know I'm skipping around a bit, but I want to honor the text I got from a loyal listener on the text line. Uh, has too much time uh, passed uh, with some of these between uh, when these uh, penalties and FBI uh, things came up and now for penalties to be addressed? I mean, I think Louisville still in, intends to receive some official penalties from the NCAA. Yeah, they're definitely still expecting to hear something, and I don't think that there's any kind of uh, quote-unquote statute of limitations for, for stuff like that, at least not that I'm aware of. But, you know, I, I, I'd have to examine it more uh, in detail, but I saw something similar came out today from Memphis, and it sounded like it wasn't real uh, significant in the in the form of punishment, and that's probably the direction a lot of these outstanding cases are going to go. I think Kansas has one as well. Um, I, I don't think there's anybody out there expecting major ramifications, and I, I always find it strange anyway because you know who who from on the Louisville case specifically who who are the people that were involved at Louisville at the time that are still there, where if you put down punishment, you're actually directing that punishment at the right people that were involved at the time. That, that's always the strange thing for me. I mean, that that does relate back to, to Indiana because of the whole Kelvin Sampson situation. But the people that actually had to live through that punishment weren't the people that were involved in it in any meaningful way. So it's, it's always interesting how that plays out and especially in situations like this where the punishments are whatever they are coming down you know four or five years later 
All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Let's get back to IU stuff, uh, IU football this weekend. Uh, what I saw yesterday, a five-and-a-half-point underdog on the road at Nebraska. Uh, I want to get to the Cincinnati game in just a moment, but is that a fair a fair betting line for the Hoosiers going on the road to a Nebraska program that's had all sorts of troubles here this season? Well, I, I guess I'll I'll raise my hand and say, yeah, I guess so, because taking it back to Cincinnati, I, I was one person who was saying, you know what, that 16, 17-point line is, is way too much. I, I just don't feel like there's that much of a margin between Cincinnati and Indiana when you look up and down the rosters and talent and the depth and things like that. But, but you know, clearly Vegas did, clearly others did uh, from computer models and things like that. Um, so I think I, I at least was guilty of overestimating Indiana. I don't think I'll, I'll make that mistake again. Um, you know, Nebraska's coming off some obviously some major changes with the coaching uh, situation there, but they, they have had now a bye week to kind of recalibrate themselves i'm sure that goes into the equation you know it's very hard to, to make that change on a game we can expect major results which they also had to play oklahoma uh going into the the first week of their coaching change so um i, I think people are expecting nebraska is going to at least have steadied itself some and have a little bit better sense of who they are under their new leadership there but indiana just you know they, they just didn't do anything on Saturday, in my opinion, to make you believe that they've made major strides from a year ago. And I think I, I rubbed some people the wrong way when I wrote that after the Cincinnati game. Um, but but it all comes back to the, the offensive line for me. They, they are just a very inconsistent offense. That, you know, I, I think they're solid at a lot of positions on offense. They've got some playmakers, but, you know, as long as – Every other play, there's a defender in the backfield disrupting what you're trying to do. It's going to be really hard to to establish long, sustained drives, to establish passing plays that, that are meaningful big plays over the top, which defenses are forcing Indiana to do. And because of all that, I, I think you, you have a team that, you know, is obviously, you know, the numbers show they're, they're not producing points in a meaningful way so far this season. So to expect them to go on the road, at Nebraska, which even if they're not the, the best team in the traditional Nebraska sense, it's still a tough place to play, and it's still you know good players on that team that are probably going to be pretty motivated. Mike, uh, this Indiana team, uh, if there is a hope of bowl eligibility, and I, I'm, I'm I'm assuming some fans are are counting the wins and hoping it's possible, but I don't see really any path to that if Indiana does not come out victorious uh, out west this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of a handful of games that you look at and you think they, they, they're going to have to to get get it to, to get to six wins. I mean, I, I would say Rutgers, Maryland, and Purdue are, are the others. Michigan State hasn't been incredibly impressive, but that, that one's on the road and obviously a, a tough one to go up there and grab. So, yeah, I mean, I, in my opinion, I, I would agree it's, it's one of four that you have to probably get at least three of, and, and they're all four of those games are teams that I think you'll look at. I think Indiana, you know, at least, at least on the way we understand them to be at this point, they might be underdogs in, in all, all of those games, not by significant margins, but, uh, but you know, just gives you a sense that it's going to take a pretty healthy uh, run of the table to, uh, against some significant odds to, to get to six wins. 
Mike, you wrote about this and mentioned or made reference to it earlier, but uh, this team could be headed down a very similar path uh, to last season, the, the 2021 campaign for IU. Um, things uh, mimicking that, I think, right now. And, uh, again, you look ahead at the schedule and who's left and how good that is. East Division of the Big Ten is once again this year, and it just seems like things are heading down the same path. What, what does that mean if that happens, if what we think could happen happens? Uh, and there's a lot of football left to be played, but what does that mean for Tom Allen, someone that has been so positive and at times has made some great strides with Indiana, whether it's been in recruiting or the transfer portal at times, whether it's the 2020 season, which was really a historic season for IU football, uh, where that whole offseason leading up to last year was just IU football just felt different. And it was because of Tom Allen and because of the success of the team. If things go the direction they did uh, last season again, what does that mean for him? Is he beginning to lose some steam? Is there uh, potential for concern? Where could things be with Tom Allen after this season? Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. I, I agree with the uh, the description of beginning to lose some steam. You know, you, you see some national folks you know, put him in like a, a hot seat type category. I, I wouldn't agree with that at all. I, I think he's got a lot of built up goodwill from, from those two seasons. Um, he He's very well liked. I mean, I, I can tell you that if, if something down the road had to happen with a change in, in a few years, I think it would be devastating to a lot of folks in, inside IU because he's just so well liked and he's about all the right things and he's just a really positive presence in the athletic department. So um, I don't think we're anywhere near that. And I don't, I don't think, you know, another season that, that tanks um, would push us dramatically closer to that. But, but at the same time, I do think all of that goodwill from 2019 and 2020 kind of goes out the window. I mean, I've always viewed this season and, and Alan has talked about this as well as, you know, the kind of a defining point, you know, is this the, team from last year or is this the team from the 2019 and 2020 seasons um so you know i i don't think they have to be as dramatically successful as they were in 19 or 20 but but getting to six wins um not having the the ugly halves like they had uh, uh last week i mean those, those are the halves that that send the fans out back out to the tailgates those are the fact the halves that bring about all the doubts and erase all the goodwill from prior good seasons. Um, you know, I, I don't think the defensive backfield is going to be as bad as they were in that game. I think lessons were learned against Cincinnati. Um, but I think defense is going to have to be the reason going forward what, why they don't fall back into the last year's model because I just don't see enough from the offensive line to, to create big plays, create big separations in games. It's going to have to get back to defense kind of driving the ship, and they just didn't have that against Cincinnati, which kind of raised up the red flags for me. Yeah, for sure. Mike Schumann, thedailyhoosier.com, I guess. Mike, I want to get back to a couple text messages that have come in. Logan Duncombe, based on what we heard from players last week, could he maybe play a role much more than what he did a year ago on this IU team? Yeah, and in fact, I just finished an article about him. People can go check it out to see what both he said and his teammates said about him. I think there there seems to be a pretty solid consensus, 
consensus that he has made strides, that he's, he's added the, the size and strength that he needed to add it, add. He's holding his own and practice physically. Uh, I do think, you know, if you think about the role that Michael Durr had a year ago, I do think there's a path for Duncan to, to see that kind of role where he, he kind of, you know, plays spot duty here and there, fills in when guys are in foul trouble. Um, you know, it's a little bit complicated by the presence of Malik Renault, who's obviously very talented and can play both the four and the five. I think Logan's more of a clear five at this stage in his career. So I, I think he could play alongside any of those other guys. And that was probably one of the more interesting things that came out of the, the media day last week is Trace Jackson Davis saying he's comfortable playing the four alongside Duncan at the five. So, you know, Duncan's commitment to being a center, which is becoming a rarity these days, I think helps him to have a role on this team. And it sounds like from, from the vantage point of Trey Jackson Davis and Reese Thompson, he will, in fact, have a more meaningful role this year. Also, I was mentioning starting lineups earlier. I think that was when I referenced uh, Jeff Goodman uh, in the uh, Almanac uh, online publication where he gave a projected starting lineup for the Hoosiers. Do you agree with that starting lineup? Someone said, ask Mike his projected starters at this point for the Hoosiers with Hoosier hysteria just around the corner. I'm sorry, what was the starting five? Uh, let me pull it up. I was mentioning earlier some headlines today, and Jeff Goodman had IU uh, pick to win the Big Ten and the Almanac, and it also one of the categories was a projected starting lineup, and here it is. Uh, Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, Miller Cop, Xavier Johnson, and Jalen hood Shafino. and the text was, uh, what's Mike Schumann's take on a projected starting lineup for the Hoosiers? Do you agree with what Goodman said? But that's the one I keep hearing, and, and I certainly wouldn't be one that surprised me. I think the only question would be potentially at that three spot. You know, I feel like, you know, the, the buzz around Jalen Shafino is undeniable at this point, and I, I do think he's going to end up starting alongside Xavier Johnson to kind of form a, a dual point guard role there. And interestingly enough, Xavier Johnson talked at length last week about playing the two, which counterintuitive to a lot of people, how people think about him, but that the two point guard lineup, I think is a thing that's going to happen. Um, the three is the one that's interesting to me. You know, I, I wouldn't count out Smart Bates. I wouldn't count out Trey Galloway. Um, you know, Miller cop is just a guy that, you know, can make shots, which gives him a clear advantage. He's proven that he can do that over his career. So I think that's why he's assumed to be in there, but, you know, obviously the other guys can do things that he can't do. So, um, but that, that would be the one spot that I think, in, in my opinion, could, could go a number of different ways. But I, I would put my money on cop at this point, too. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, great chat today. Covered a lot of ground. Always appreciate you on Tuesdays, my friend. Thank you, Matt. Always appreciate it. All right, we'll head to a commercial break and be back with our final segment of the show. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. 
And we're back. Final quick segment here on this Tuesday program. Uh, don't forget, if you miss our live show, 11 a.m. on the Big X, you can always find us as a podcast. Uh, we're available really wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison is the keyword, and uh, you'll locate us from there. A couple things. Uh, I believe Indiana's first practice is tomorrow. Uh, official practice, that is. I know some teams have been uh, putting on social media pictures or videos from their first practice, but uh, I believe that uh, what I've been told, Indiana's first official practice is tomorrow. Also, um, I think this is uh, just out. I do not believe this was on the initial uh, television designations and tip times when it came out, but the Indiana-North Carolina big-time matchup in the Big Ten ACC Challenge on November 30th, uh, we knew it was going to be on ESPN or ESPN2, but it's the marquee game, so it's the late game from Bloomington, 9-15 tip-off at the earliest with games before that in the IU-North Carolina game. So that tells you Indiana uh, getting some real love as the preseason Big Ten favorite, according to most. That will be a fun evening in Bloomington uh, for that Indiana-North Carolina game. And obviously, not just for the current team and a big game to let you know where things stand in advance of Big Ten conference play, but also a big recruiting opportunity for Indiana as well because Assembly Hall is going to be packed and rocking. That is going to be a very, very fun evening of basketball in Bloomington. Also, I saw a note yesterday that Flory Bedunga, we had his high school coach on, John Peckinpah from Kokomo last week. He's a national top five player now in the class of 2024, so a current junior at Kokomo. He is going to plan a visitor, will be on campus for Hoosier Hysteria coming up on October 7th. So good news there for the Hoosiers as his recruiting continues to grow. We got a chance last week to hear uh, what things have been like in Kokomo and really a little bit of the backstory as well about Badunga and how he got to Kokomo uh, and their international school, their accreditation for that uh, in the first place. So if you missed it, you can go back and listen to that segment from our Friday program uh, with John Peckinpah of Kokomo. But Badunga is uh, planning to be on campus for the uh, visit to Hoosier Hysteria. So that is some good news for IU fans. New Albany and Jeff football coming up on Friday night. That's the big Southern Indiana game of the week, a rivalry game for sure. Both teams could really desperately use a win, that New Albany-Jeff game at Blair Field in Jeffersonville. So that will be a fun one on Friday night. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. Back with you Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 11 a.m. with complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Wednesday, we've got Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. So more on IU football's upcoming game with Nebraska. We'll get into hoops as well, I'm sure. Also, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is with me on Tuesdays. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.